this is what this is, a statement number eight of these misunderstood things or, or, or you know, people say things and they're not true or believe things that are not true. And a lot of times it's Christians that say these things. Um, but, the, but the one we're going to look at tonight, and this might be the only one we'll get through, um, because I've got, a, I've got a little bit to go to look at with this one. It would be simple to answer, but I want to look into it with a little more depth. But it would be this. It, it's, people say this. They'll ask this question or make this statement that why do bad things happen to good people? You know, or, or they'll say, why do good things happen to bad people? You know, it's the same coin. It's just the other flip side of the same coin. Um, you know, we could, nail, we could sum that up in a nutshell real quick, right? I can say very simply, there are no good people. We, we are so, we, we're so deceived when we start saying, well, you know, they're good people. Now, understand, I understand when we talk about in a, in a, in a worldly sense sometimes. Now, I'm not, if you're not talking about the spiritual, we can say somebody, and there are people that you go, man, he was a, he was a good man. We know what we're talking about in a worldly sense. But good people, folks, go to hell all the time. Good people. Good people in the worldly sense. Yeah, they did, I mean, there's, well, there's names I could think of that have given tons of money to help kids or help this or help that, and there ain't nothing good about them. You look at their life, and there ain't nothing even good about it. Maybe they're trying to earn their way in or something. I don't know. Um, but I think people have that mentality. But the question, you know, that comes up, why do bad things happen to good people? And... Uh, you know, so really kind of just work through this. So a lot of times people, we, what we do when we say that or what some people do when they say that is we place ourselves in the judgment seat of what good and bad is or who is good and who is bad. And uh, mo the most popular way um, that we make that judgment is through comparison. But we don't make the comparison with Christ, right? There's the fault in this. We don't go, yeah, they're really a good person, and they're so much better than Christ. You don't have that. No one ever wants to compare someone else to Christ. We would go, we would go you know, Brent, Brent's a pretty good guy because, you know, he's not near as, as bad as Bill. He, he's a lot better than Bill. And uh, so that, that's how sometimes we, we get along. You know, he's not as bad as that person, so he's a good person. And... Uh, you know, according to the Bible, though, we're all on equal ground because none of us is inherently good. None of us. God is sovereign, so all that happens must have at least been allowed by Him, if not directly caused by Him. Amen? We understand that. Look, folks, that right there, if you can understand that, that everything that touches your life either, either comes through the hand of God or from the hand of God. It's not like He... It, we, we could sit up here and go, where was the, why weren't you there, Lord? He was there. He's always there. And if he allows something to happen, what we have to do is we have to have the faith to trust him. That's, that's a hard thing. There, there, there are things that, pe that happen and people emotionally, but, but the it, bottom line comes down to, am I going to trust God? So... Um, we must acknowledge that human beings who are not uh, eternal, infinite, or omniscient cannot, fully, cannot expect to fully understand God's purposes and ways. We can't understand His ways. We, our minds aren't big enough. You know, the, the problem is God's got infinite knowledge, and we have itty-bitty pea brains. 
We have just this, and we think we're so smart because we have so much knowledge today. Never in the history of man has man been so smart and so stupid at the same time. We have more knowledge than has ever existed in the history of mankind, and we have zero wisdom. We have, we have zero common sense, and, and it's, we're, we're just in a world of hurt. The book of Job deals with the issue of why God allows bad things to happen to good people. Now, now here's the thing. It doesn't say Job was a, a, an innocent man or, or, a, or you know, a sinless man, but the scriptures are very clear. In fact, three times, I think it's three times, God makes it very clear, and God says it. Basically, he was a righteous man. It wasn't what was going on in Job's life wasn't because Job had sin in his life. You know, that's, that was the thing I can remember as a young Christian in the, in the 80s. I can remember people, there were people that actually kind of beat up other people about that. Boy, if something bad happened to you, you got sin in your life. You must have sin in your life. God only allows, he brings that, that's judgment on your life or that's, you know, he's trying to correct you. Well, you don't know that. It could be. If I'm, if I'm in sin... If I'm not living right, God's going to chastise me if I'm his child. He is going to, he's going to correct. I think he'll correct tenderly, gently. And if I don't want to listen, then he can get a little more stern. And other times he'll take you out behind the barn, behind the woodshed, and, and, and shuck corn. I mean, he will take care of business if he needs to. So Job was a righteous man, yet he suffered in ways that are almost beyond belief. When you look at his life and what, what happened there... God, what God did, God allowed Satan to do everything he wanted to, to do to Job except kill him. Just, just gave him free reign. And Satan did the worst that he could do to him. He took away everything except for his wife. I was just thinking, you know. The, see, see, I'm about to be in trouble. See, Job did all, I mean, Satan did all the worst things. He left his wife with him, so it was... Look, she wasn't a great woman, okay? you got to acknowledge that. Um, I, 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 people try to defend her. You know, she said, she said, curse God and die. She said, curse God and kill yourself, basically, is kind of the implication there. Why are you holding on to your righteousness? That was her attitude. Ladies, don't be like that. Okay, that's, that's not the kind of support a husband needs in that, in that day. And look, we, but we had knowledge too. She was hurting as well. I mean, everything Job lost, she lost. She was hurting too. And her way of dealing with it was different than his way of dealing with it. Uh, but he suffered these great things. God allowed Satan to do that. And then you see Job's reaction in Job chapter 1, verse 21. The Lord gave and the Lord has taken away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. I mean, he's just gone through this horrible thing, and we say great faith that, that Job says, I, I, you know, blessed be the name of the Lord. Are, are we going to receive good from the Lord and not receive bad? Are we going to turn on the Lord when, he, when we don't get good? Get good? We, we, we loved it when we were getting good, so, so why are we not going to love the Lord and bless the Lord when, when bad comes? Job 13, verse 15 says, Though he slay me, yet will I trust him. Though he slay me, yet will I trust him. Job didn't understand why God had allowed these things. In fact, when you read the story, you, you know Job, as far as I know, he may have understood at the end of that story, but he didn't know at the start of that story. He had no idea there was a war going on in heaven. He had no idea. He had no idea that Satan had come in before the Lord and the Lord said, Hey, have you considered my servant Job? And because and if Job had heard that conversation, he'd be like, Lord, you can leave me out of this. You know, you can leave me out of this. 
But the Lord trusted Job. He had a, he had a relationship, and, and Job was a righteous man. He trusted Job. And there was a war going on in heaven that Job didn't know anything about. And yet, he trusts the Lord. In the worst of the worst that could happen, he just continues to trust the Lord. Um, that ought to be how we react. Amen? Now, I'm going to tell you, you've got you to gotta nail that stuff down right now. You can't wait till you're in the storm to decide you're going to be okay in the storm. You got you got to nail those things down so that you you know you've made that. It, what was it? Um, uh, uh, yeah, I'm just drawing a blank. Daniel that purposed in his heart. He purposed in his heart that he wouldn't sin against the Lord. He wasn't going to defile himself. And so he made, he made, a, he made a, a commitment. There was a decision that he made. Folks, that's, the, that's where we've got to get to. And, and how, do you, how do you strengthen that? What is it that you can do today to strengthen your faith in the Lord? Read his word. I, I, don't, know better, I don't know of another way, really. We spend time in prayer and as we talk to God, but it, 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 as we read His Word, we get to know Him and know His heart. And when we know Him and we know His heart, we can trust. Even, even as it, I think there's a song that says, when you, can't, when you can't understand His hand and what's going when you can't see His hand, you trust His heart. You, you, you go, I don't know why this is happening. I don't know why this is going on, but I'm going to trust the Lord. And man, it's a great, great place to be. But you gotta, you gotta be there. You gotta be there now. You can't try to get there in the midst of the storm. Does that make sense? You need purpose that now. Why do bad things happen to good people? As hard as it is to acknowledge, we, we have to remember that there are no good people in the absolute sense of the word. Romans three ten, as it is written, there is none righteous, no, not one. Isaiah sixty four six. We all are like an unclean thing and all our righteousnesses. I, I, I like that word. It's a hard word. But all of our righteousness. Oh, boy. Let me tell you about all my righteousness. All the ways I'm righteous. All our righteousnesses. All the ways we think we're righteous. All the ways we can justify ourselves or defend ourselves or whatever. All our righteousnesses are like filthy rags. We all fade as a, as a leaf, and our iniquities like the wind have taken us away. Ecclesiastes 7.20, For there is not a just man on earth who does good and does not sin. Wow. Romans 6.23, For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Um, 1 John 1.8, If we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves. We're not deceiving anybody else. We're not deceiving the Lord, certainly, but we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. Luke 18, 19, so Jesus said to him, Why do you call me good? No one is good but one, that is God. And so he's, he, he was asking him, you know, if, if you, when you study that out, he, he basically was saying, so are you calling me God? Have you, have you figured this out? Because I am God, I am good, but why are you calling me good? Okay. All of us feel the effects of sin in one way or another. Sometimes it is our own personal sin. Uh, Raymond says a lot in, in small group. I think he, his 
famous quote. I think everybody that's in there knows this quote. If you choose to sin, choose to, you choose to suffer. You choose to sin, you choose to suffer. Because the fact is, if you, if you sin, you're, you're going to suffer. You know, we, we've got freedom to choose, right? You can choose to sin, but then you don't get to choose your con- the consequences of your sin. Whatever that brings, then you're going to have to deal with it. So if you choose to sin, choose to suffer. So sometimes it's our own personal sin that, that brings things in our life. Other times it's the sin of, of others. We live in a fallen world and we experience the effects of the fall. One of these effects is injustice and seemingly senseless suffering. Okay, so there, there's things that happen. Uh, there's a verse I was thinking about uh, as I started this that I didn't put in my notes. You know, the scripture says that uh, the Lord causes it to, causes the sun to, it rains on the just and the unjust and the sun shines on the, ju- on the righteous and the unrighteous. I think that's how it says. So it's, I mean, the, the, the Lord, good things happen to bad people, bad things happen to good people in a worldly sense. Um, the Lord doesn't withhold oxygen from wicked people. He lets, he lets them breathe. He's given them, he's given them opportunity. Um, when wondering why God would allow bad things to happen to good people, it's also good to consider these four things about bad things that happen. Number one, when bad things happen, it's important to remember this world is not the end. Amen? For us as believers, I think one of the best things that we can have is an eternal perspective. If you can keep an eternal perspective, 2 Corinthians 4.16, Therefore, we do not lose heart, even though our outward man is perishing. Yet the inward man is being renewed day by day. For our light affliction, which is but for a moment, is working for us a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. While we do not look at the things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen, for the things which are seen are temporary, but the things which are not seen are eternal. Uh, we will have a reward someday, and it begin, and, and it's going to be a glorious time. Amen? So l- listen, if we, can, if we can get our eyes focused on the Lord, we keep our eyes focused on the eternal, not on the temporary, not on the now. It, you know, it's, I say this a lot, uh, but, but if, if, we're, if we're focused all the time on, our, on, on paying off our house, if that's our, that's our number one focus, or how much I got in my 401k, or you know, what my job, my next job, what my, my next promotion, if, if, if everything that we're focused on is just the worldly, Anytime there's a blip in the, in, in the road, anytime there's a bump in the road, every time there's something that happens that's a negative, it's going to affect us. And what we've got to realize is, look, none of this is, is going to matter. All right, let me ask you this. Ah, this just came to mind. I, I saw this on a video. guy was talking to these, these two people on a Zoom call or something. And he asked them, he said, uh, he said so you think money would change your life? Make a, make a lot of money and would help you change your life. Oh, yeah, yeah. He said, all right, well, let me ask you. He said, if I gave you a million dollars, would it change your life? You think that would change your life? And they're like, oh, absolutely. He said, well, I'll tell you what. I'm going to give you a million dollars. What if I tell you I'll give you a million dollars? He said, I think he even said this. He said, I'm going to give you, I'll, what if I gave you $10 million? I'll give you $10 million, but you don't get to wake up the next day. Is it, is it worth it? And they both were like, no, 
No, it's not worth it. He said, all right, so what you've just told me then is just waking up tomorrow morning is worth more than $10 million. Well, as a believer, we know where we're going to ultimately wake up, right? So you're like, hey, give me the $10 million. I'll, 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 I'll do something with it. I'm going to go wake up with the Lord. Yeah, that'd be okay. That'd be fine. But it's the, it's, that's that perspective. He changed with that question, those two people he was talking to, totally changed their perspective. He said, if that's the way you can wake up, you know, if you know waking up is worth more than $10 million, just waking up tomorrow is worth more than that $10 million would be, then you ought to have a great attitude every day when you wake up. Perspective. Now, folks, one day we're going to wake up in glory. Why, why do we let, why, and look, I'm guilty. There's times I get down. There's times where I'm discouraged. There's times where, you know, things are dry for me. Preacher, you're always, always on cloud nine, I'm sure. No, I'm not. There's times I have to press through too. Sometimes you got to pray through, pray until you get through, right? You ever go through a dry season? I, I'm, not, I'm not immune from that either. But we press on. We press on. You keep going, but you keep your eyes on the, on the ultimate goal of where we're going to be. Don't let the stuff here distract us. Live your life for the Lord. Focus on the Lord. Don't focus on the stuff that here and now. So when bad things happen, remember, remember this world is not the end. Number two, when bad things happen, God uses those bad things for an ultimate lasting good. Romans 8.28. Great, great verse. Great verse of the sovereignty of God and His work in our life. It's a great verse that helps us to have, have great peace and hope in difficult times. Romans eight twenty eight and 29, For we know that all things work together for good. Did some things? Most things? A few things? All things. And we know that all things work together for good to those who love God, to those who are the called according to His purpose. Now listen, if, you, if you're a child of God, that is a great, great promise to hold on to right there. Because whatever is going on in life, there is a purpose. There is no senseless things happening. There are no, well, it's just it was bad circumstances or whatever. It just, you know, it just happened that way. No! God's working in our lives, folks. If you're a child of God, He is working. He is working it all together. If I get hit by a Mack truck on the way home tonight, Jenny, you might want to ride with Jesse. But if I get hit by a Mack truck on the way home tonight, I, well, I'm going to be in glory, I hope, because I don't want to suffer. So, Lord, just go ahead and take me, take me out quick. Uh, but I'm confident, and I want you to have that confidence that the Lord is going to use that. It's, it's his plan, okay? You know, when you have health stuff that comes up, and Gina, Gina had the thyroid issue, you know, and um, first thought when that doctor said that, I thought cancer. Man, she's got a golf ball in her throat. How in the world she have something that big and we not see it? First thought was cancer. And you kind of feel that little lump in your throat. You go, oh, man, you start, stuff starts running through your head instantly. Well, what, what if, what if, what if? I said, we ain't going there. We ain't going there. We ain't going to worry about something. We don't even know what it is. Enough of that. Poop. Stop. Right there. Time out. Done. 
That's where we got to get to. And, and she and I have talked about it. We've prayed together about it. Um, if, if that had been cancer and she died, she knows where she's going. I know where she's going. I don't want that to happen. But I'm going to trust God if it does. Amen? Something happens to me. We're debating. Who, who, do you want me to go first or you? I don't think we have, unless we do something stupid, I don't think we have a choice, right? For whom he foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his son, that he might be the firstborn among many brethren. The Lord is constantly working in our lives to conform us to the image of his son. That is, it is, we are, we, he is working in our lives. When Joseph, innocent of wrongdoing, finally came through his horrific sufferings, he was able to see God's pl- uh, good plan in it all. If you go back to Genesis in chapter 50, you see that. Joseph, he understood that. Now, whether Joseph understood that in the, in the moment, I don't know that he could have foreseen. Could, unless God had revealed it, and we don't see that in Scripture, that, that, he, for, that he revealed what, what was coming for Joseph. But if Joseph had just, if he had rebelled, he just had, had a rotten attitude, man, never, that's why he's my Old Testament hero. I mean, he gets sold into slavery. He's betrayed by his brother, sold into slavery. They take him down. They sell him to Potiphar. And what does he do? He just, he just walks by faith. You can see it. He has a faith-positive attitude. He's just giving his best. And do you think he liked being a slave? I don't think he liked it. But, but he, I, I think in some way he must have said, God, I don't know why I'm here. I don't know why you've let this happen, but I trust you. And, and God blessed, it said it many, several times, God blessed the work of his hands. Gave him favor in Potiphar's house so that he's the second in command in the house. Nobody but Potiphar has more, more power in the house. And of course, Potiphar's wife, we know the story, she, she has eyes for Joseph. And she comes on to him, he sheds his coat, he flees, he gets now falsely accused, he's thrown into prison. It'd be easy again to go, wait, whoa, whoa, I, this ain't right. Now, I'm, Lord, where are you? Why, God, why, where are you at with this? You know, it would be easy for us to go there. It'd be easy for Joseph to go there. Joseph doesn't go there. He just keeps a faith-positive attitude. His eyes are, he's just trusting God. He's walking with the Lord, and he's trusting God, and God bless the work of his hands. He becomes second most powerful person there under the prison guard. He's in a position of power in there. And he, and he interprets some dreams. And they forget about him. He could have got mad there. He just trusted God. Now, every time bad, something bad happens in your life doesn't mean you're going to end up second in command in Egypt. <laughs> but you don't know what God is doing in it, right? We don't know what God's plan is in it. So we just have to trust God in that. God had a plan. And Joseph, he, he was able to see that later on and, and look back and, and, and acknowledge Wow, looking back, it's easy to see now what God was doing through all of these things that seemed so terrible. And they were terrible, but God used it for good. Number three, when bad things happen, those bad things equip believers for deeper ministry. 2 Corinthians 1.3, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies and God of all comfort. Now, I pray this way sometimes when I'm talking with folks because um, God is the God of all comfort. You know, we can go and visit people and we may be at bring a little comfort by being there. We may, may be encouraged somebody a little bit or something. But God is the comfort giver. He's the God of all comfort. 
Who comforts us? Now, here's what's interesting is we see how God does use us in this way. Because it says, who comforts us? God of all comfort, who comforts us in all our tribulation? That, why? So why did he comfort us in our tribulation? Why, when we were going through a difficult thing, did he comfort us? Well, because he loves us. But it's not just that. Look at what he does with it. That we may be able to comfort those who are in any trouble with the same comfort with which we ourselves are comforted by God. That's powerful. He's telling, he comforts us. And I learned kind of the principle of this early on when I first got into ministry. My pastor was telling, talking me through something. And he said, you know, experiences of life, how they're so powerful. And we had somebody in the church, their house burned down. And he said, that's, it's a, that's a painful thing. Man, they lose everything. You know, it's a painful thing. And, and he said, call this guy. Because a few years ago, they went through the same thing. Call him. That guy went right over there to him. He knew exactly what to say. He knew exactly how to encourage them, how to be there with them, how to pray with them. You know, it, we, can, we can all speak some words of comfort. But boy, if you've not been through something... I, I think even if we have been through something, we have to be careful with this right here. Somebody goes through something that you think you've been through or whatever, and you go, I know exactly how you feel. We have to be careful with that. Be careful with that because I, I, don't, I really don't know how you feel, even if we've gone through the same thing. I t I've shared with you guys very openly uh, about the abuses I went through as a kid. I, I would never say to anybody else that's been through that, I know exactly how you feel because it's different for every person. Our makeup is different. The way we process things is different. Now, I can go and bring comfort, but I don't do it by diminishing what they've been through by saying, oh, I know exactly what you're going through. You just got to do it. No. The Lord comforts us so that we can go and comfort others. For as the sufferings of Christ abound in us, so consolation also abounds through Christ. Those with battle scars can better help those going through battles. Isn't that a good quote? I saw that. I saw that somewhere. Those with battle scars can better help those going through battles. Number four, the worst things happened to the best person. Jesus was the only truly righteous one, yet he suffered more than we can imagine. He was sinless. He was innocent. He, he was righteous. He was good. And yet he suffered greatly. And so we follow in his footsteps, 1 Peter 2.20. For what credit is it if when you are beaten for your faults, you take it patiently? But when you do good and suffer, if you take it patiently, this is commendable before God. For to this you were called, because Christ also suffered for us, leaving us an example that you should follow his steps, who committed no sin, nor was deceit found in his mouth, who when he was reviled did not revile in return. When he suffered, he did not threaten. He committed himself to him who judges righteously. He suffered the greatest. He, he, was, he, was, done, he was done wrong. We take this attitude of, man, I've been done wrong. None of us are, 
are, are, are righteous. None of us are perfect. None of us are sinless. Um, Jesus is no stranger to pain, and, and he's there for us to comfort us in pain. So I hope that, I hope that helps you in, in, in understanding that, that, you know, it's a long answer for a brief thing that it's very simple to answer that. There are no, there are no good people. And that's a subject that you could preach several sermons on when you start talking about bad things happening, why is there suffering? Those are, those are hard questions. Um, but I hope, I hope that helps you tonight. We've still got several more of these that we'll continue to work through week to week. I need some more questions. We're going to deal with suicide um, in a few weeks. Um, several. Then we're going to deal with the Superman verse. Y'all know the Superman verse, don't you? I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. That's the Superman verse. That's the, all the sports people put it here, you know, here. I can do all things. So I can score 80 points through Christ who strengthens me. So I don't think that's what he meant there, but we'll, we'll find out. All right. Any, any questions, comments, anything? We've got a few minutes, a little early tonight. Bob, you doing all right? Good. You press on. Amen. Praise God. Be happy and press on regardless. Amen, brother. And all those three, the easiest thing is praising God. Y'all keep praying for uh for Megan Harrison. Um just she's had a she had a rough few weeks, but Abigail was doing super good. Y'all know that she got sick last week, so that's why Raymond was out last week. She got sick and um uh, so she really couldn't care for, she couldn't help look out for uh, Megan. Sometimes Megan gets some issues where she needs somebody's got to be right, right there with her. And uh, so Raymond had to stay last week. Just pray for her. She's, she's, it's just, it's just tough. The treatments, there, they, they, there's a, there's a, seems to be a, a light at the end of the tunnel. Without, I, I'm not going to speak to stuff. I don't really, I, I don't really know everything. But um, there seems to be a light at the end of the tunnel there. And uh, I, I'm telling you, every time I talk to Raymond and we talk about that situation, Megan, uh, just I'm inspired by, by both of their faith. But I'm inspired by her faith. And uh, just been a long, long, long road. And she just, she just keeps trusting God. I, 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 look, I just look at her. You don't have to look around long. I mentioned Nick Vojcich. How many of y'all know that name? Nick Vojcich, the little guy that has no arms or legs, born with no arms or legs. And he's, man, he's fired up rock solid. They're starting a bank called Pro-Life Bank because they were, because of his stand against abortion, there were banks denying him. They weren't going to serve him. So he said, what do you do when the banks won't, won't help you? You go start a bank. So he and some other folks in Texas are in the process of starting a bank. I look at that and I go, man, that guy's got a smile on his face all the time. No arms and no legs. What am I complaining about? Like a friend of mine, you say, I don't have problems. I don't have problems. And I, I, I just, man, if I start getting in a little pity party, I think about Megan and just how tough she is and how her faith is so strong. So y'all pray for them, okay? All right, nothing else? All right, Father, we thank you again for the blessing of allowing us to be in your house tonight. Lord, I thank you for each one that's here. pray you watch over and keep them safe as they go home. Lord, be with all of our church body. There are needs. Lord, we see the prayer list every week. 
Uh, we're a needy people. We have sickness within our church. We have sickness within the families of, of, of folks in our church. Uh, Lord, there's financial struggles. There are emotional struggles. There are physical tr- struggles, Lord. There are spiritual struggles. There are those who need to be saved. God, we pray for those that are on our prayer list that need salvation, the ones we've mentioned tonight that need to be born again. We pray that the Holy Spirit of God would speak to their heart. Would God, you'd bring conviction, reveal to them, open their eyes to their lostness, that, Lord, they would repent of their sin. They would turn to you uh, by faith, placing their faith in the Lord Jesus. We pray for their salvation, Lord. And, uh, God, I pray you help us to not miss the opportunities that are, that are around us every day to be a witness for you. We're, we're a witness whether we witness or not. We're a witness either by our, our active witnessing or our not witnessing. We, we have a testimony that we share every day by what we say and do and how we act, and people see that. May we go out of here and live out a righteous testimony, and may we be righteous witnesses for you, God, to share the truth of a Savior who loves this, this world and has died for them and will save them if they'll turn to Him. So, God, thank you for this night. And, uh, God, again, we pray you continue to be with our teens. Watch over them, Lord. Keep them safe and uh, just touch their hearts, and we'll glorify you for that. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. 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 Have a great rest of the week. Cleaning ministry tomorrow at 9. VBS sign up still. If you're not signed up, please get signed up.